All right, so you might have expected a full slate of Pac-12 football here on what uh, the ESPN scoreboard indicates to me is the 10th week of the college football season. I, of course, know it was only week one uh, because we're nine weeks behind everybody. But, uh, you know, they played, what, four out of six of the games? That'll like that'll get you in the Hall of Fame. Uh, we're going to talk about all the ones that were played, the ones that weren't played, and next week's games on this week's Eligible Receivers podcast. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Hello, blog fan. Ineligible receiver, offense number 64. By rule, that penalty is disregarded. This is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick next week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. Great. I feel like I'm in midseason form now. Last week, I felt a little ropey. That felt pretty solid. Uh, so let's start off talking about last week's games. And the game started on big, nude Saturday with USC hosting Arizona State and the Trojans, the fighting Clay Helton's miracle comeback win, right? They got a little uh, two touchdowns in the last two minutes to uh, pip Arizona State by one point there. Miracle is right. And they looked terrible for... Most of the game, I mean, that's not true. They looked like the better team in the first quarter when it was about the athletes, right? Yeah. Because both teams had their first couple drives, you know, pretty well practiced and rehearsed. And so when USC wasn't having to worry about coaching, and it's just a function of whose athletes can, uh, you know, execute and are more physical, and and that's going to be USA, uh, USA, USC, uh, every day of the week. And so they looked good in the first quarter. Then, then it became a game of coaching for a little while, and Clay Helton was uh, the d- decided underdog in that contest. And then I, I don't know what happened to ASU at the end of the game. Just a complete, just a complete collapse. I mean, that's just an embarrassment for for Herm. And isn't like Marv Lewis on that staff too? Like, I think they've got like a lot of NFL dudes on that staff. Yeah, they're like they have like the new model, which which has proven I've say uh, beyond most people's wild expectations so far, in that they've been like an okay college football team. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, good for, good for Clay Helton. I mean, I did, I did point out to our group chat during the game that we made a significant error, not betting on ASU for that game. I mean, we picked ASU, but we didn't like put any ducats on it legally as we're allowed to do in the sports gambling world now, because I mean, like, I I don't know, we'll test this theory again this week, but to me, anytime Clay Helton is a double digit favorite against a competent opponent, that, that seems like a mistake to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I absolutely agree with that. And and ASU was getting a fair amount of points, weren't they in that game? A double digits. Double like Clay Helton was a double digit favorite. Ten and a half points. Yeah. So you were like you were uh you were made in the shade, dude, on that pick uh going into the fourth quarter, basically. Oh yeah. Well, because ASU was winning the game by probably like double digits going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. There was there was no way that yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a, like I said, that was a mistake. And until proven otherwise, if if USC is playing a competent opponent and they're double digit favorites, that seems to me to be free money. Yeah, a real. Uh, I would say uh, not a uh, great passing day for Jaden Daniels, but he did have a hundred yards on the ground. So that like, if he's like dual threat, I mean, I I don't know who else in this conference is right now. Uh, so uh, that'll be something to watch going forward. And I got a little autoplay ad there. Uh, and then Keaton Slovis, dude, like, I, I hate that stuff where it's like 380 yards on 55 passing attempts. That's trash to me. 
You should be getting 19 yeah. yards of completion, not this seven yards. Of, I mean, they got they they must have guys, right? They they would have to. They're I mean, talent wise, they can't. They're second to none, right? Yeah. And I I watched Jaden Daniels too. I was a little uh, to be honest with you, I don't remember enough about his you know his freshman year. He short hopped a bunch of throws. I wonder if accuracy is like an issue with him. I just I watched now. I mean, granted, the guys he short hopped weren't open. I mean, they were tight windows, and it's like you know, put it where your guy can get it or nobody kind of thing. But it was it was nobody because the ball was coming in three yards in front of the receiver kind of thing. That you know, it was just like I, I I'm going to be interested to see in the next couple games, assuming they get played, um, which is a big assumption. If if he's actually able to step into some throws and complete some passes, he did not look terribly confident to me in that game. Yeah. All right. So the next game we had uh, was what Stanford and Oregon uh, from Austin stadium. Uh, Stanford got the first score of the game. And then uh, I think this game should have been closer than it ended up. I think Stanford left 12 points on the board uh, in field goals. Well, and Stanford left their starting quarterback and running back in the COVID tent. So Stanford, I mean, this is going to be this is going to be the thing about picking games this year. Like Davis Mills, or you know, the starting quarterback for Stanford, was announced right before the game can't play because he either tested positive or he's got wasn't put in contact tracing or something. And yeah. I believe they're starting running back as well. So that hurts uh when you're playing at Autzen Stadium and then yeah Jet Toner forgot how to play football and uh, yeah I think he doinked four I think that's right that guy is you know hell of a name he's been like a you know I I never had an impression of him as a misser and he's been around for a minute he's been around for a long time and remember this year doesn't count towards eligibility so he's got he can be around for another year there's going to be some guys graduating med school like yeah, you know, who, who get that like you get that extra year, um, but uh, yeah, that that twelve points definitely hurt. Yeah, I mean, just to yeah, and I mean, not you, your starting quarterback hurt. You um, keep it in a game, and you have so, a, a you know the Oregon quarterback making his first start and not like setting the world on fire or anything. Uh, you would like to have seen what he would have done with a little pressure if you're Stanford, but uh, they were unable to execute it. A uh, good rushing day for him, though, too. So another one, you know, he had uh, almost eight yards of carry. Shuck, I think is how you say it, even though it looks like show or show. Yeah, okay, sure. I, th- I believe, I don't know. That's that's a that's a to-be-monitored. I'm not going to learn. I yeah. don't care. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, don't, I don't care either, honestly. Um, but I don't know. I mean, like, everybody's talking about, like, Oregon as, like uh, – you know, like a team that's like, a, I'm looking at here the the playoff predictor, and they're like the sixth team in the nation right now. I know, I know. It's give crazy. Me a, give me a break, dude. Like this, this is a this is a this is a transition team with a new quarterback. They'd be Pac-12 title ought to be their goal, and maybe cool it on the rest of this stuff. I mean, they they didn't they didn't come out here and blow the doors off everybody like uh, a vintage like. Death Star Oregon performance, you know. Well, yeah, and they played a team that was without its starting quarterback and starting running back. I mean, like you can't, and it, you know, yeah, they left twelve points on the table, like you said. This this game, at the very least, should have been, you know, t- what a twenty six 
35. It should have been a, a one, you know, a nine-point game if Jet Toner could just kick the ball. But um, you know, whatever. They got they got a good win under their belt. I'm I'm excited to talk about their game this week. That's for sure. Yeah, and uh, John Canzano, who uh, uh, I, I believe wrote as much after the game, is that the uh, you know they're lucky that nobody ever really watches these games because the score looks a lot better than it actually was. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, good. You know, but at the at the at the same token, you know, they took care of business, so uh, good for them. Next up, here's a game where I mean, I, I think of all the games last week, the thing we were most sure about was UCLA uh, cover against Colorado. Yeah. And yeah. then Colorado, Carl Durrell came back into this conference and just in the first half, just it was a non it was a non con. I mean, it. It was all I would say almost a non-contest, except you go back and look at the box score and see that UCLA had this thing within one score twice in the middle of the third quarter after being outscored in the first half, thirty-five to fourteen. Crazy man! Like, just what is Chip Kelly doing? Like that? I we've talked about this a lot over the years in the context of football and, and basketball, but like I I think coaching at this level. It's all about the knife edge, right? Like you either got it or you don't have it. Yeah. Um, and Chip Kelly had it more than anybody else in the country for a minute. Um, I, you know, for at, at UW, I talk about Ro- Romar, right? Romar had it going at UW hoops for for a minute. He had the recruiting. He had a style that was hard to guard. But then they changed some rules on how you can play defense, and it required a little bit of adjustment. And he didn't want to adjust, and it just never worked after that. He just never found it again. Yeah. And Kelly. I mean, Kelly hat was within one sort of weird non-tackle at Auburn yeah. like, away from a national title, right? And I believe that was Kelly, right? That wasn't – was that – That was Chip was, Kelly, yeah. That was Kelly that took him there. Um, and and he, and he just – you know, he went to the NFL, didn't really – I mean, he did go to the NFL to avoid sanctions, but, um, it, you know, it didn't work in the NFL for him. And it's just – to me – it just doesn't appear to be like he's trying because yeah. like this is a, this is a joke. He should he should have so many good athletes on that UCLA team running the style of offense that he had or having adapted it. They should be killing people right now in his tenure. And it's just like it looks like he's just mailed it in, you know. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think uh, I don't you know I don't I don't pay attention I barely pay attention to Washington recruiting. I sure as shit don't pay attention to UCLA recruiting. What I know is that this. Uh, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson uh, guy is not he's not it in terms of uh, taking a team to the top of the conference you know so either everything else has to be stellar uh, which it isn't or you need to be shopping around that quarterback job and it seems hard for me to believe that UCLA uh, shouldn't have another three guys on the roster that can at least give you a version of what you're getting now. And because you've seen so many starts from Dorian Thompson Robinson that, uh, you know, another guy should get a shot at this point to you know, and this is without knowing the roster and what they're working with here. But it seems to me like you've seen that this guy isn't going to do it. Let's, let's go ahead and flip it. Yeah. I mean, and they now, they just make a habit of this, like getting behind, right? Last year they were, they fell behind WSU by an insane amount. And then they create, you know, had a miracle comeback, but you know, Carl Durrell, as we discussed is scares nobody. He's playing with a converted safety at quarterback. They, they lost their best player in LaVisca Chenault. There's no way they replaced him. Yeah. Uh, how, how the hell are you going to lose to that team 
when when you Chip Kelly, you've been at UCLA for a few years now. You've got your guys, your coaches. Like you, you gave up forty eight points to that team. Like that's a, that's absurd. Yeah, and and I mean it's it's a. Uh... You know, the knock always on the, you know, Mike Leach teams that are offense focused first is that like you win games, maybe you shouldn't win, but it doesn't, it, it, it uh, maybe sustained itself for a season almost once at Texas Tech and never quite did at Washington State uh, because you, you, you just cannot, the defense just never gets a chance to rest. And yeah. then, and not like, not like they were doing anything when they were rested at the beginning of this game, but like, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Leach, I think, is a little different in as much as I think he gets too much credit for what he's done because he's never actually won his, a conference title. In yeah. Pac-12, he never won the North Division. Yeah. Um, but he did do significantly more with less than, than, you know, I think that's where the majority of the credit that Leach gets is for, you know, like Texas Tech, WSU, like difficult places to win. And he did pile up a bunch of wins there. And, and you know, yeah. he got he had, he had Oregon's number, um, you know, and so – there's that there's that i mean with kelly it's like the dude was the coach in college football for a period of time and like went to the national championship game you know like he he was almost a national championship caliber coach um and and now he's just like garbage i don't i mean i don't get it yeah 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 i mean yeah and i think i think that goes back to exactly what you're talking about uh regarding that uh night the knife's edge on this uh but yeah i mean a great debut for carl durrell give it up to the buffs uh be interesting to watch what they do going forward uh next up we have unfortunately for us the last game that was actually played in the week uh washington state went to corvallis washington state new quarterback new offense this was the game I watched the most of, of the Pac-12 games this week. Uh, the Cougs, 10-point winners. I was extremely impressed by uh, Jacob Delora, the quarterback for Washington State. True freshman. I want to say uh, for first true freshman in some time, I guess, to start for Washington State, if not ever, in game one yep. of the season. Uh, he, I mean, he looked extremely confident. Uh, there was a specific sequence that uh, I recall where he uh, just put an absolute, you know, Russell Wilson-esque down the chimney touchdown pass on the right side where the receiver could only catch it and tiptoe the ball inbounds, which he did, but there was a procedure penalty on the play. So the next play, he threw the exact same ball to the left side for a touchdown. Again, we're like, you know, one of those where the receiver's like 75% out of bounds catches the ball and taps a toe in the little corner of the end zone there. I mean, yeah. this guy was balling. He was running. Uh, as a team, Washington State has to uh, excite you if you're a Coug fan. I believe, yep, they passed for 227 yards. They ran for 229. Without Borgie. Without Borgie. So, I mean, that's a pretty big now – they might be without him for some time because it sounds like his injury situation is kind of murky, but I mean, he's when they get him back, like that's, he's got to be top two running back in the conference. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's legitimately a good player. And for the first time in his college career is going to get a chance to uh, be really featured at his primary skill set. you know, which I mean, he's been excellent coming out of the backfield, but uh, runners like to take handoffs. You know, I, I can only imagine he's going to do well. 
Uh, and here's something you were talking about in the last game regarding the nice edge. Uh, I like that as a theme. I th- I think Rolovich might have it, dude. That guy, like so- something about him, uh, has uh, struck me as like kind of unduly confident uh, from the moment he got hired. You know, he he's like he, he's never struck me. You know, thinking about you know like thinking that you know the jo- the job was going to be too big for him, just in the sense that it's like a major conference job. I think other then, uh, you know, winning cures everything, obviously. And I think there was a major misstep when he was, you know, got recorded telling that player he needed to like shape up or he was going to be off the team. But the flip side is if you're winning games and you're saying that to people, people kind of want to do whatever the coach says then at that point. But anyway, I mean, I think that debut couldn't have gone any better. This is a game Oregon state team, uh, that, uh, you know, everybody's kind of hoping, uh, is going to take the next step. And the Cougs went down there, brand new quarterback, brand new coach, brand new offense, missing key players, and never to me never really looked like losing this game. They they looked like they were in control. No, we talked a lot last week about how Jonathan Stewart deserved a bunch of credit for what he's doing against Oregon State. They did not look good. They did. They yeah, looked, they looked real. Their yeah. their quarterback Gebbia looked tentative. He couldn't complete a pass in the first half. Um, they just did not appear to be, uh, you know, the thing with. Stewart that we sort of lauded was you know, like, hey, you know, he's he's incrementally getting better. They're building, they're doing this stuff, and they looked like they were starting from scratch, right? Like they just yeah. completely dis- discombobulated. Not a great, you know, not a great start for them, and it doesn't get any easier. They got to come up to Husky Stadium this week. Um, it, it, it that was the disappointing to me because I I think there was some I think I uh, was it Nick Dashell down there had picked them to win the North this year. Like there was a lot of expectations for you know what a team that typically has pretty modest expectations. Um, and we kind of, I kind of, but at least bought into that hype and they, they looked awful. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'd say the one bright spot for that. I agree. Gebbia. I mean, uh, got, yeah. I mean, it just very underwhelming. Uh, Jamar Jefferson has been a player for them the entire time he's been there. If you're looking for a bright spot for Oregon state, I remember, I think it was his freshman year. They got absolutely housed at Ohio state. But a couple times you'd look up at the screen and him and one of the other running backs were breaking off 80-yard touchdowns. You'd be like, what is going on? How are they outrunning Ohio State players? But that guy is an absolute horse. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, I don't, I, don't, I don't really know what's going on. And I, and I want to correct myself. I think I said Jacob Delora. It's Jaden Delora. He's only played one game, but I like him enough that I'm going to try and get his name right. He, he was fun to watch. What they were saying on the broadcast was uh, – uh, that you know, he he went to that St. Louis High School, which is where uh, Gesser, Mariota, Timmy Chang, uh, uh, maybe Tua, are all from in Honolulu, and that more people would have been on him, but he's a little undersized, you know. Like people got thrown off by the measurables. If you look at like, you you can see that he's like a tiny guy who's like putting absolutely every ounce of everything he can into every throw, you know, like it's not easy for him to throw outs. Uh, and he expends 110% to do it. Uh, but you could, there was a, if I'm a Coug fan, I'm watching that game. I'm saying, man, there's, there's certainly a lot to dream on, on this kid after one. Well, yeah. I mean, did Rolovich offer him at Hawaii? Yeah. He did. Okay. So, I mean, Rolovich knew about him, right? So that's good. Yeah. (laughs) 
because he was the coach at Hawaii last year for that guy's senior year. So, you know, if he chose WSU and, and you know, obviously Rolovich knew, knew of him and probably had recruited him. So that probably had, he had that going in his favor too, coming to the camp. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, especially like clean slate with a coach who's familiar with your work and would have been happy to probably start you at Hawaii this year. Uh, yeah. But instead you're going to start at Washington State. And another thing Rolovich says that I – like in terms of like motivation for WSU and it's not a lie he goes in there and tells these kids he's like you are the greatest group of athletes I've ever had you know the privilege of coaching in my life which is true right but you never you know you don't really relative to the rest of the conference think of WSU as being like you know like the way we talk about USC that like how do they ever lose you know it's like, or like we yeah. were talking about last week, like when Jake Luton, you know, played in the NFL, he was like, oh my God, my teammates, you know, I bet Rolovich, yeah. yeah, probably has plenty of moments like that at practice where like, Jesus Christ, you guys are big and fast and it's the Cougs. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, we don't <laughs> talk about the, this really hardly at all, but like, you know, if you're on a Pac-12 roster, like you're probably a pretty good athlete, you know, like oh, even yeah. if you're on the, even if you're a Cougar or OSU, like there's a lot of high school football players, you know, and like, you know, we, you know, you and I both went to, you know, went to the same high school and, and saw the football team and saw the football, a pretty good football team actually. And yeah. like that one state, two out of the three years we were there by like convincing margins. Yeah. And I might be wrong, but I don't think any of those guys, one of them played at UW briefly. Um, yeah. As just out of a pure speed situation, he's a sprinter. Yeah. Uh, return, re- return, return some kickoffs, did so poorly and didn't play anymore. Um, but none of the like, none of the rest of them like even really made a made like a, a lot dead, of right? a lot of guys that ended the guys best best team in Washington at the highest football division in Washington, uh, and like the good players more or less went to Eastern. Yeah, Eastern and Central. I think one of them was running the running backs went to Central, but like didn't get a sniff of the Pac-12 really. Um, yeah. and, and so you, you know, you just got to think about that. Like the odds of even making it to one of those rosters is insane. Or like so, Elijah yeah, sure. Baker, who was a year ahead of us, who I think was like, if he, you know, at, at least conference player of the year and like a state player of the year type guy. No, and he, nah, they were like, no, I mean, and this guy yeah. was obscenely fast. He was on a state record setting four by 100 team and the best football player in the state that year. And the Pac-12 schools are like, eh, I don't know. There's something I don't like. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he went to Central, right? So it's like yeah. that, that'll, that'll tell you how hard it is to make one of these rosters. And so, you know, you get to tip your cap to anybody you made who's on one of these teams, but it's all relative because the guys on the good teams are that much better. <laughs> all right. So uh, then the, the so that was the four games that were played. Two games got canceled, Arizona and Utah, and unfortunately for us, Washington and California. Uh, that was a real uh, disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> on Thursday when that came down. Real like, kicking real kicking the nuts. Yeah, yeah. I was like, God damn it. I was like I, I knew it. I, I wanted it to watch happen. that. But I I, I uh I was like uh open to uh some of the uh COVID truthering, you know? Like yeah. that it was apparently due I, I don't know how much of this is true. This is what I'm choosing to believe. That like one player on California had a positive test and then like due to the municipality rules in Santa Clara County or wherever they are, uh, uh, like, you know, it required a, a vastly greater number of people to, like, isolate to the extent that they couldn't field the team. Yeah. I, I mean, I saw the different scenarios. I don't know. All I know is that 
on Wednesday when it got announced. I was like, we should bet this game because we'll just get our money back. (laughs) And we did and we did. And that was just, that's that. Big dub, baby. We take that. Yeah, We we put money down. We didn't lose any. I think that's a win. Came came right back. That's a win gambling. I wanted, uh, I wanted them to do Arizona, Washington. Uh, the two teams that didn't have positive tests on like uh, on like Monday night or something. Yeah, I guess they, then they'd have like a short a short week this week or something. And so it's like, well, I couldn't do it. or I don't know. I, I don't I'm know. with you. Like, just play it. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, oh, it's so hard to get the equipment. I mean, this is like Thursday. The Pac-12 is not that big of a footprint. You know, put put all your equipment on a truck and you know meet in Nevada and go play in go play in you know. Play at Bishop Gorman High School in Las Vegas or something. Yeah, who cares? Play anywhere. Like play wherever. Like just play a game, and somebody will 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 show up and put it on TV because all the networks need content, right? So like, yeah, I don't know. That's I think they got too wrapped up in the uh, they got too wrapped up in the logistics of it, and they should have just been like, we'll figure it out, you know. Yeah. Like, where are we going to find a hotel? I saw that kicked around. Like, you got to find a hotel for 100 people. I was like, well, that's conveniently easy since all the hotels are basically empty. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. Like that, what kind that's of lunatics are staying at a hotel right now? Yeah. You're going to have <laughs> you're gonna have options on the hotel front. So, like, that wasn't yeah. an issue. But anyways, yeah. whatever. And then the other thing I want to say watching these games, and this is something that has probably, you know, uh, been bothering me, but I just want to vocalize it. Uh all these games without fans, it's like fucking horse shit. It's not real sports. I've I've never uh it's this COVID scenario has brought into harsh relief how much fans bring to uh the viewing experience on television. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's uh it's just it just looks like practice. Every one of these games. And like I you know, what am I gonna do? Like spend time with my wife and kids? I'll watch the games, but it's not the same and I don't like yeah. it. And I don't know it's how not- it's it's wild. To, what I was thinking about. It's wild that something that is so central to the event feel of it. What what makes it something that you want to watch because they're like you know the people there are kind of like add to your interest in it. You know, like if you turn on a game like you don't know about and the crowd is going ape shit, you're like, oh okay, let's see what's going on here. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It, and it's it's just weird to think that like in normal circumstances, something that essential the way you get in there is like they charge you money for it, but like, really it's part of it, you know? And I, and I understand what they do and that's fine. You know what I mean? But it's like, it's, it's takes away so much when the fans aren't there. I'm thinking to myself, like how can fans leverage this? Yeah, it's tough. I agree with you. It's not as much fun. It reminds me like of the, like years ago, the Husky hoops played in the Mohegan sun uh, in Connecticut in some like preseason tournament. Yeah. And, you know, I have family in that part of the country and I happened to be there at that time. So I'm like, yeah, we're going to go to this. Um, and, and there was like, you know, maybe 60 people in the Mohegan sun for like the, the UW DePaul, uh, or DePaul, who is it? it was like, uh, yeah. And I was one of the like lesser big E squads, um, game. And, uh, Aziz Njai was involved in that game yeah. for UW. Anyways, basically more, you know, moral of the story is I hung out with my cousins ahead of the game, got fairly drunk. And then I could basically coach the game if I wanted to because there's no crowd, yeah. you know? And it earned me a good five to ten seconds stare down from Romar at one point just because I was not pleased with Aziz Ninja's free throw scenario. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> and, and I did. 
did remember thinking like, gosh, this is this is weird to be here with the game like with no fans because like normal, I'm not doing anything I normally wouldn't be doing. I'd normally be yelling about this, but you just wouldn't hear it because there's every, there's like all this ambient noise. Yeah. Um, whereas here in this like fairly empty arena, I'm projecting quite clearly down to the court my thoughts about getting him to go to the line, you know, and and it just yeah, it's just not the same. So I agree, I agree with you. I, I hope we're able to get back to that soon. Um, <laughs> yeah. and and in the interim, I'm still going to watch the games, yeah. just like you said, but I'm just not going to love it as much. Yeah. All right. So how we do on the picks last week? Uh, you and Worm were two and two. Tubby, who is a late entrance in the the uh, picks now, went four and oh, pretty good. And I brought up the rear at one and three. Yeah. Uh... So who, oh yeah, so on the parlay, the ones are in yellow, the, the ones you picked for like our parlay for the week and we went over. Yeah, my parlay of Stanford, UCLA, and OSU went over for 3, so I actually hit the parlay, I just did it the wrong way. Yeah, I I view that as kind of a win. That's like... It's, a, it's hard the, to do, I mean, it's, that's yeah. all that. The hardest thing to do is get three right. It's second hardest thing to do is get three wrong. Normally you kind of split them up. So, yeah. I mean, you, there's that's like something you can build on. I think so too. That's that's the that's the angle I'm taking. All right. So as of now, are all of next week's games on schedule to be played? As of now, although there's rumors that like the Utah game may be in trouble, and then also, ah, uh, who's the other one? Um, not us, dear God. No, it's not us, but it's um, maybe maybe Cal. Um, I don't know. I saw that Utah is still in trouble, and that, but they're saying that like if that didn't happen, UCLA's plan was to like pivot quickly and play somebody else. So I don't know, but but I, I think Utah's the only team right now that's really struggling. Cal had the one positive or whatever we choose to believe, but as of today, Tuesday, everybody's on track to play. I love it. All right, so let's get it uh, going. We're going to start at twelve thirty in the desert in Tucson, USC. Uh, fresh off a miracle comeback are going to take their uh, second stab at an Arizona school that did not play last week uh, due to COVID. Uh, the Wildcats make their season debut with, uh, which we understand to be their absolutely listless coach and moribund program. That's what I, that's what we understand to be. I did, I did speak earlier about Clay Helton as a double digit favorite, but I did also sneak in a very sneaky word, which was competent program. Yeah. Um, when they're a double-digit favorite against a competent program, I will not pick USC. I'm not sure Arizona's competent. I'm, uh, I'm kind of concerned stage. that they're not competent. Yeah, I agree with that. I think they might not be competent, and I think they like having not played. There, I've seen both. I've seen both of the like, oh, you didn't get to play in week one. That's a big problem, you know, because the other teams have gotten live reps and you know are in the flow of things now. And I think that's probably more correct. And then I've seen the other one, which is like, well, your week two opponent has tape on you. Like, I don't know what good it does to have Arizona have tape on USC because it's just going to confirm that they're significantly better. So, uh, you know, USC minus 14, you, you comfortable with them covering that? Yeah, I like them. I like the Trojans on that one. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to ride my pick that you can't take Clay Helton in a double digit favorite uh, ever, and we'll see what happens. I'm worried about it, but I'm going to do it. I like um, it. Just to see what happens. So, what's, what's up next? Next up, we have Colorado and Stanford. 
their converted safety quarterback, uh, from what I saw in the first half of that game, uh, appeared to be able to complete passes. They I had, just saw an article that said that Stanford's quarterback status for this game remains unclear. Yeah, and Colorado had a little running back, too. Uh, 31 carries, you love to see that if you're just like, Let's not worry about saving this kid for a life after college. You know, he's he's gaining <laughs> yeah. positive yardage. We're going to give him the ball. Yeah, yeah. And okay. I like it. Sounds I like, like his name like a lot. Talking yourself sounds like you're talking yourself into your buffs. Uh, buff me, dude. I'm not. I, I'm not even. It's where I, I. I didn't even have to talk myself into it. I started on buffs. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen I, enough, I, dude. But I. I want to see. We're a couple weeks away from this little playoff predictor graphic that's on the right of the score screen on ESPN from yeah. having Ralphie on it. You want to just see the buffs. Yeah. Carl Durrell leading the charge. I, I agree with you just as much as Stanford was so terrible against Oregon. Like Canzano called it. Like Oregon is going to get a lot of credit for that win, but they didn't look great, and Stanford just wasn't even close to him. Now, again, you have to cut him some slack because Davis Mills out, but he might be out again. And so we're just having to make that pick without knowing. you got to – choose a team that gets their quarterback yeah all right uh next up we got uh the duckaroos oh no excuse me wait did i talk yeah we did yeah we do have the ducks uh going to martin stadium minor name of the week dude minor house of horrors of uh for them recently uh to face the cougs who i want to say the cougs are frisky uh in addition to having a new coach with that i mean uh, you know the offense looked at unbelievably solid for it being a new system missing key players freshman quarterback Un- unbelievably competent i like that delora runs uh and i i like the aspect that like you know you know fuck you mike leach for leaving us uh we're good ass players you know i i don't know that i believe that but i like the idea that they believe it in terms of like picking washington state they're home double digit dogs against an Oregon team with a quarterback making his first road start. Uh, Like, like I think people are looking at this thinking, Oh, for sure. Oregon's going to win this game. I'm, I'm not, I'm not so convinced, dude. I don't think Stanford was equipped uh, to present Oregon uh, with much in the way of a test last week. And I think Washington state is the better test right now. And so I like, I like the Cougs to get inside that 10 points. I, I'm I'm with you. I think the Cougs are acquitted themselves very nicely, much farther ahead in their progress under Rolovich than we thought they would probably be with a true freshman quarterback. You do have to worry a little bit about the true freshman quarterback thing because as good as he looked, you know, there's going to be a game this year also where it's like, oh yeah, that's right, it's a freshman. Yeah. Um, but the fact that he can run a little bit, I don't. Maybe they get Borgie back. I don't know. It's I, I did see Rolovich. Uh, refused to answer questions about that, so that's doesn't bode well. But um, if they had Borgie back, I mean, I, I I'd say they would like I'd pick them to win probably. Um, but yeah, definitely I pick them to get inside this ten point number, uh, and I'm pretty confident in that. Yeah, let me uh, let me let me uh, put, give you some wild speculation on this based on something I saw in Twitter replies over the weekend. No, that sounds that sounds legitimate. Let's hear it. Somebody said that Oregon should have been on Delora, but they just got too caught up in the measurables. I'm going to take that. I'm going to go one degree further on that. Delora always wanted to go to Oregon. Again, I don't know if this is true. Uh, and he's got something to prove this weekend. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a good point. Yeah, this is a get-back game. Yeah, absolute get-back game. 
Uh, all right. So next up, we have uh, California, maybe against Arizona State. Real, real letdown for Arizona State. Real letdown. You know, for I mean to like basically win to to win the game. You know, if if it comes down, because didn't USC have to get like an onside kick at the end? They got an onside kick. Yeah, <laughs> they like they did the damn thing. Like they came all the way back and won that game. Like, yeah, incredible. <laughs> Much to the delight of a sea of empty chairs. One of the most thrilling yeah. moments in the Coliseum in years. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's awful, dude. Uh, so, I don't know. I mean, I, the one thing about NFL coaches, they're used to losing and, like, having to come back from that. So, uh, but, yeah, I mean, we don't really know what we're looking at with California. Having to replace a lot on their defense, for me – uh, so and that includes key pieces and what was an excellent secondary. And then the, the most key cog for me is uh, Evan Weaver, uh, who was an absolute monster for them. And I, I'm going to say without any substantiation whatsoever to back this up, that Cal feels bad about last week. Like they were the, they were the, the team that caused the cancellation of the game. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of negative talk about Berkeley and the, you know, and all of that. I'm going to say that that doesn't help them as a team as they realize like how much is, you know, like how tenuous this whole situation is. Cause like apparently one of their buddies got sick and then the game's over. Like they're not playing anymore. Yeah. I, I can't imagine that's good for their psyche and like getting into the season. The only, the concern you have to have about it, like any team that lost in week nine or one, depending on how you look at it is like you're seeing this in the Big Ten a little bit right now with like Penn State and some other teams where they're just like quitting. Like Michigan has quit. Yeah. Penn State has quit. Because it's like, what's the point now? Like they, you know, like this is a weird season. We got to jump through a bunch of hoops. Yeah. We're doing school like remotely. But, and like yeah. some of us are going to the NFL, but others of us aren't. And like now there's like, you know, like you can't really, like there's not going to be this like awesome bowl game experience at the end of the year probably to them, like for them to hang their hats on or anything. It's pretty much just going to be like, yeah, all right. We'll see you next year. And so, I, you know, I don't think that Herm Edwards is gonna is gonna go for that. To be honest with you, you know, Herm runs a pretty tight ship ship over there. But you do have to worry about teams that lost, like particularly in the fashion that they lost, being like, "Eh, we're good. We'll see you next year." You know, like. Yeah, I mean this this is a really tricky one. Uh, I'm going with ASU. To be fair, I don't I don't think Herm's gonna allow it. I think he's going to get everybody in line, but. And this is a Cal team that was picked to, uh, I believe, finish ahead of Washington, right? Yeah. Mm, I'll, I'll take Cal just to switch it up. Okay. Who knows, dude? Who knows? I, I, yeah, they yeah. might be good. I mean, they've got the, like, Garbers kid. Like, they yeah. got, they have, like, the, I mean, one of the only returning quarterbacks in the conference. And he's, like, been, he's been reasonable. Yeah, yeah. Not, I, mean, I wouldn't say he's great or anything, but he's fine. He can quarterback a Pac-12 team. Yeah. Uh, so next up, we have Utah, we think. Traveling to UCLA, we think. Uh, Utes are three-and-a-half-point road favorites. Uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Utes. Uh, UCLA's got to show me something to get me to pick them, uh, which I did last week. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think the problem I have picking Utah at this point is, like, how many of their players get to go to the game? Like, Utah is, because of the different COVID rules at various locations, you have to keep in mind that, like, the state of Utah 
doesn't believe in COVID, really. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Utah could potentially have, like, several dozen guys sick, and they're still going to go play a game, whereas Cal had one guy who might be sick, and, you know, the city quarantined the whole, you know, university. Um, so it's possible that, like, the Utah team that's getting on the bus is not anywhere near, like, what we think sitting here today is Utah. Um, so that's kind of fun. You're sort of picking blind in that regard. Um, I, I mean, UCLA just gave up 48 points to Carl Durrell. Yeah. That just makes, that just pisses me off. So I'm going to take Utah on that basis alone. But I'm, I mean, I fully admit that we might get to Saturday and they'll be like, Utah playing with a bunch of walk-ons, you know, I did read somewhere that I, I forget which team I'll have to go look it up. There is a team in the PAC 12 who is practicing walk-ons as if they're going to play reps due to numbers. And it's got to be Utah. So I think Kyle Whittingham might legitimately be throwing some walk-ons out there. I like it. I'm going to go with UCLA because I just remembered that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think Utah might be in trouble here. Uh, I will confirm that later, but I don't want to confirm it now. Yeah. Well, no, it's like, no, it's by, by uh, the standards that we've set here. It's absolutely true. And I, I, another thing regarding uh, Utah's COVID restrictions, I want to say that, like, uh, this is like, uh, I've always had uh, an impression of Utah as uh, relatively reasonable as uh, red states go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, prior to these recent events. Uh, because it's like, what? I mean, I don't know if it's majority Mormon, right? But, like, uh, like uh, all the Mormons I know are more or less, like, absolutely pillars of the community, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, you know, like very, very solid families, good values, like great, great. You know, you want those type of people as like your neighbors and you want them involved in your community. Uh, and that's painting with a broad brush. I know there's different kinds of people in ever, but I'm just saying in my uh, limited experience on this earth, uh, I have a positive impression of uh, people of the Mormon faith. Right. Uh, the, but I'll tell you what, this uh, COVID thing has revealed a lot of uh, braying idiots in that state. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, every state really has their yeah. share. So I don't yeah. know that you can like pick out Utah as a, as an example, but, but I would think, yeah. I, I guess I would have thought like a little more uh, reticence and like, uh, uh, you know, like uh, what, you know, a, a willingness to uh, listen to reason on it. You know what I mean? No. We're like, we're like other elements of uh, in different States kind of, uh, those fires are given like more or less oxygen, you know, like, like in our state, there are those people and basically everybody's like, shut up, you retards. Yeah. But like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Nobody's going to listen to that. But yeah, in other States it's like celebrated. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Utah. I agree with you. It's, it seems like a lovely place. I, you know, it, beautiful mountains. I, I disagree with it being a lovely place. I'd, I'd never been there before, and I flew through there on the way to Vegas a, a couple of years ago. And I'll tell you what, that Salt Lake was not so great. It looked like a bog. Uh, the mountains around it are nice. The mountains yeah, it does were have, very it does, have poor, it does have poor air quality because all the air gets trapped in between all those mountains. But, yeah, yeah. Right. I thought okay. I was expecting to see a lake, and it didn't look like a lake to me. I don't know if it was no, just the No, it's time not the lake. It's the mountains. There. Okay. You got to look at the mountains. The mountains is what is where it's at. Yeah. They're overselling the lake. Um, it's a, it's a Greenland level of deception. Yeah. But, you should, there's a great YouTube channel called mediocre amateurs. You should go watch some of that. Like those guys live in, in uh, Utah and they do a lot of like traverse, like 
they do like peak bagging hikes where they go do like five or six peaks in a day. There's nothing mediocre about these guys. They're going to do like 40 mile, like multiple peak day, like, but very, very pretty videos that they put up. Yeah. 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 Um, that'll get you into Utah. So mediocre amateurs, check it out. Okay. I'll get, I'll get, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not willing to write off the natural beauty of the state. I've, I'll, I'll just say that I expected more to the great Salt Lake and of its citizens uh, who are as far as uh, up until then, I, I've had no reason to uh, doubt their character. I've just had some questions this year. You know, it's been revealing yeah. a lot of people. Got it. Okay. That's All right. Fair. All right. Uh, lastly, Oregon State, Washington. The dogs are finally pretty probably going to play a football game. They're at home. They're breaking in a new quarterback, one of four. We don't know who it is. Jimmy Lake's debut as a head coach. Same thing Rolovich was doing last week against the same team, playing the Beavs. Dogs, absolutely unknown two touchdown favorites against Oregon State. Uh, it's definitely more a reflection of everybody who watched Oregon State, right? And we're like, wait a minute, these guys are terrible. Yeah. Um, and so I think it just basically is like, did you, do you believe your eyes? And is Gebbio just bad? Um, because if he is, like UW's defense, I think n- nobody has a question about UW's defense, right? Like That's what, I got, that's Lake, what I'm kind of hanging my hat on, is I don't think like, Oregon State can get to 20 points in this game. Jimmy Lake, Pete Kwiatkowski combination of, of defensive masterminds, it's like that's just a, a winning combination for UW in this matchup. And then the question becomes, how many points is UW's offense going to score? Are you giving them 35 points? Ooh, no, I wouldn't think so. I mean, I, I think if they score uh... – uh, I mean, I guess it depends on how they get to it. But, uh, I mean, I would say I'm expecting maybe uh, – I mean, well, I'm going to tell you, I'd pick Oregon State if I was, like, betting it for real, I think, just because I, I don't know what I'm getting from Washington, and two touchdowns seems like a lot. Uh, yeah. I, do, I do think that, like, there's no reason they shouldn't maul them on both sides of the line. And then they uh, – but Washington's unproven at the skill positions outside of Richard Newton, basically – uh, and so who knows what you're going to get with this offense. Uh, I think the defense is going to be able to put the clamps down on them. So, I, I mean, I would, I would feel if they get to 30 points, I'm feeling good about it. Uh, and I think that like, I, I don't like when I said, I don't think Oregon state's going to get to 20. I think like, you know, 10 to 14, uh, would be reasonable for the Washington defense. So, I mean, I think it'll be, if Washington can get up right around 30, it ought to be enough to cover. And I think they, they're certainly capable of doing that, but also who the hell knows? We haven't watched them play. Yeah. And basically everything we said last week about UW still applies because we were speculating then and we're speculating now. So you know, I don't have much to say about UW because I didn't get to watch them play. Yeah, I'm excited to, I mean, I, I'm just excited to take it in. Uh, you know, I would be, yeah, I'm, I'm, who knows, dude? I mean, I'm optimistic it's going to be a smooth transition, but who the hell knows, you know, like some of these guys. Eight o'clock, eight o'clock kick, right? Which, as we've discussed in our, now that we're parents of young children, that's the best kick. That's the best kick. Oh, it's absolutely the best kick. Because I'd just be like, well, here, here's what I bet happens is that I, uh, I bet my son doesn't go to bed till halftime, but I'm also not paying a lick of attention to him from about seven fifty nine to ten. Yeah, yeah. You, I, your son's late night antics are are concerning to me because I I don't want that to be the case with my daughter because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> because she is going to be in bed at seven thirty, and uh, you know but I'm not I'm not hearing another word from her after eight o'clock coming out of her room. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my daughter goes to sleep on her own, and she's great. My son, he just, uh, God love that kid. He does 
precisely what he wants to do in all situations. And if you try and move him off it, you better be prepared for a fight. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and when I say that, uh, at least a tantrum, frequently a physical fight. <laughs> like you can't just be, you can't just be telling him no in a stern voice and expecting that's going to carry the day. Sometimes you got to do some picking up and moving around. And a lot of times you got to do some kind of person to person monitoring until you get the result you want. <laughs> got to be prepared to absorb some blows. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That kid, I swear to God, he wants to, he likes to fight me every day. That's like a game he likes to play. <laughs> wow. He likes some physical Good for him, dude. Good yeah. for him, man. Why not? You know. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, per the per the rules applies. We're all going to take you dub, even though we're not sure about that. We've got a parlay to pick here. Oh yeah. Uh, I've got Oregon in on it. I think. Um, or sorry, WSU. That's I picked the wrong team there because we all feel good about WSU. Yeah. As the as the team favored there, we need a second team at least to make it a parlay. Um, you know, are we going buffs? Are we going? I I say I say, how about, yeah yeah Cougs buffs. Um, this is just the Warren parlay right here. This is just like this is all your favorites. Yeah, all my favorite, up. all my favorite teams. Uh, yeah. can, can we throw the dogs in there? It's it's risky, but we can do it. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean let's let's really. I mean, they, you know like. They say like gamble on games to like make yourself interested in them. I would you never need to gamble on Washington from our perspective because I <laughs> I get like when they're going poorly, uh, it it really negatively impacts my real life, quality of living. <laughs> yeah, like I really carry it around. Like that when we lost twelve straight to Oregon, uh, that was like like that forced me to like personally develop. Because yeah. I was like, like I was like, I can't keep living like this. I can't, I can't keep relying on Washington football to make me happy. I gotta like figure out what's going on in my life. Yeah, yeah. And look at you—you you found golf, and now, and like you know, you got into it. And now we're like, it's great. We can play golf all the time. Yeah, absolutely, dude. It's great. Uh, but yeah, yeah. But so, but still, I, I, I just think as the game, I like uh, the result of the third most. I think. Yeah, it's rough. I think that spreads. But I think if we can get 13 and a half, I'll feel good about that. I'll be I'll be less pleased if it's 14 when we get this in. But 13 right. and a half, I feel I feel okay about. Yeah, I think so too. All right, man. Uh, that does it for this week's episode of Eligible Receivers. For Eric, I'm Warren. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week.